Welcome to the new and improved Cup of Cubby Blue, proudly affiliated with the Fans First Sports Network, where you are hopefully subscribed for a ton of great Cubs content. If you like the shows, leave a five-star review and rating to help other people find us. We've still got all of the series-by-series updates, plus the bleacher banter that you love. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about why Advert Azalei's two-inning save absolutely ruled and more for Bleed Cubby Blue. And as always, I am joined by the one and only Danny Rocket. How's it going, Danny? Well, uh, <laughs> you know... You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the Cubs homestand. And I, I feel as such, you know, I coming coming back from surgery, I'm I'm, I'm uh, rounding the corner. I appreciate all your kind words on the last cup of Cubby Blue. I did listen to that with Ken. He does a great job, way better than me. You should probably just fire me and bring on Ken because he's way more well-spoken than I am. But I really enjoyed listening to you guys, but I appreciate the kind words. I am on the mend, and... I must admit, like it's it was an up and down week for me personally. Uh, it was an up and down week for the Cubs. I don't know who this team is. They have no identity. I'm just looking at this. Just I'm confused. Like, is it is it even summer? Like, I can't. I don't even know what's going on. What time is it? Yeah, it's a, it, these are great questions. I mean, honestly, like you could use so many emojis to describe. The Cubs, we missed you last week, Danny. Ken is great, by the way. And he mentioned at the end of last show that he had his uh, review of 29 MLB Pride Nights coming out at Outsports. If you haven't read that yet, you should go check that out. It's outstanding. And if you're like, 29, which team is still outstanding? Well, you have to read the piece to find out. But uh, Ken does great work over there. And he's a really fun, amazing baseball fan who truly loves the Cubs. So uh, definitely go check that out. Danny, as far as this team goes, I could not agree with you more. They, since the last time we released an episode, they were swept by the Reds, who are ostensibly not a good baseball team. They won a series against the Rays, who are ostensibly the best baseball team. What even is this team? <laughs> yeah, I have no clue. I mean, the when when you look at the specifics of it, there are reasons for this. Like, Look, they won two or three against the Mets. How did they do it? His name is Marcus Stroman. You know, that is one way you're winning baseball games. When Marcus Stroman pitches, he doesn't give up runs, and you've got a good chance that even if you don't score a lot of runs, as they did not in Marcus Stroman's start against the Rays, uh, you you still managed to win because he gave up nothing and pitched in – it's not a near Maddox, but um, it was a complete game, and you don't see those anymore at all, like – that's as good as a no hitter of old in, in these days. Um, but so there's reasons for it. You, you know, it's not like the Cubs. It's not like the offense was there for them in this race series. They win two or three and it's nice to get the wins, but it, they didn't score any runs during it. You know, it's like uh, they got shut out by the Reds, you know, nine zip, you know, blown out by the Reds. And then, uh, you know, so, yeah, I don't know who they are. I mean, granted, baseball's got its fair share of give and take and baseball going to baseball and all that stuff where you're going to lose to the worst team and beat the best. But um, not every time. <laughs> like That's what this team is. They're like, we always beat good teams. And we always lose to losers. That's <laughs> just us. It is just the way this Weird team way goes. To go. Weird way to go 500, tell you that much. Uh, we'll talk more about Marcus Stroman in a minute. But before we do, the most important news up top, Justin Steele left the third game of the Rays series with left forearm tightness. He had Tommy John surgery in 2017. 
Forearm tightness is usually a precursor to an elbow issue, although I'm sure that every now and again a pitcher has it and we don't hear about it. But I admit that I'm worried. Uh, He's supposed to have an MRI. I thought today, I have heard no MRI news as I type this. Danny, I, what are we thinking about Justin Steele? He has been so good for this Cubs team. I'm not sure he's replaceable. He's not. It's a total disaster. I mean, who are you going to slot in there? Yeah, I, I mean, Assad, sure. I mean, then you're just playing that out. You had Adrian Sampson. He's hurt. He went to the 60-day. You, you, Alzali, you already made your your closer, I guess, two-inning closer guy. Uh, maybe – so he used to be a starter. Now that's off, you know. I mean, who do you slot in? You bring back Killian? Uh, do you give was Ben Nesby Brown a shot? Was pretty good in that, in that long relief role? He was so good, in fact, that I would like to posit that maybe he should have stayed in the game at least to get one more out. Just, he was that good. And when I'm seeing a guy that's dealing, call me crazy, but I say, let him deal. So be Yeah, I would have left Wisniewski in too, but I understand why Ross didn't. It honestly had like eerie moments of like remembering game seven of the World Series when the umpire blows the call and then there's a walk and then the manager comes out and pulls the pitcher when he doesn't need to pull the pitcher because frankly that was a strike and all of us were just like what is going on the zone in that last race game was so atrocious we're going to talk about that in a second but first let's just like buzz through this because we've got six games to cover and four games to preview it's gonna be a 10 game episode so we'll start with the Reds game one of this series against the Reds the Cubs almost got no hit to start Memorial Day weekend. Thank you, Christopher Morrell, for stopping the no-hitter. And also, my God, Danny, I was sitting there watching this game from the left field grandstand, like ready to cry at the prospect of the Cubs getting no hit by the Cincinnati Reds. Well, no hit by Hunter Green is really what who you're getting no hit by, even though it would have been combined at that point um, when we finally did get the hits. But um, against Salazar, I guess, Um but, yeah, I mean, what a way to start a series against a team. I mean, and the Reds are the quintessential, like, let the kids play team because you look up and down their lineup and, you know, like McLean, like he's one of their dudes that's supposed to be good eventually. Jonathan India, was was he rookie of the year? He did he was, win it, right? I can't remember if he won it or was second, but he was definitely in the running. I can look that up if you'd like. So, you know, Steer, like, you know, goes three for six in this game, for example. He's got an 831 OPS. These are dudes that you haven't really heard of you know, that they're given a shot to and uh, it's let the kids play time. And they're probably a year ahead of the Cubs as far as it goes, you know, if not, if not five years ahead of the Cubs, I don't know what our <laughs> dudes are going to be, but these dudes hit had 19 hits. That's all I know at Wrigley fields. They had 19 hits and um, yeah, it was a unmitigated disaster. That was, and you know, that was the other steel start. So you got to wonder, is there something going on with Justin Steele in that game physically that's making that he gave up 10 hits, six runs, five earned, you know, that's where it might've started. You That happens all the time, you know? Yeah. I mean, he had a couple of outings that were a little bit um, not great. Uh, so game two, uh, also a loss to the Reds, eight to five. Uh, this is going to be a theme, by the way. Um, but this game, the Cubs definitely got Fulmered. Uh, Michael Fulmer came in when the game was winnable, and then it was no longer winnable. Um, I just, can we just make the Fulmer thing stop? <laughs> I know he had like one good inning of work against the Rays, and I, I honestly, I'm not sure I care. Well, th- you can't trust any of them. 
I mean, even Mark Leiter Jr., you know, who we saw do great on Tuesday night, then yesterday gave up two two run homers and lost the game. So it's like there's not a one of them that you could you could count on. Like even if Fulmer starts to do good again and he's got to do quite well to bring down that 784 that he's currently sporting or maybe it's a little lower now because of his one good outing. But um, man, oh, man, like none of them. I, I mean, he, people at yesterday, for example, were acting like Mark Leiter Jr. was some like lights out high end bullpen piece that you had to go to in this situation. And it's the same as it, it, this could very easily be Fulmer's story this year. Reclamation project, totally working out, added a splitter or added some pitch, a, a sweeper. Now he's got reverse splits or something. You know, this could totally be Fulmer's story. Instead, it's Mark Leiter Jr.'s. It doesn't matter. Uh, Ritz, Wash, Repeat. I bet you they all end with 450 ERAs. Every single <laughs> one of them. You know what I mean? Because the Mark Leiter Jr., that might be done. You know, we might have seen the end of it yesterday. We might have seen the start of Fulmer. Because these guys are not dudes. None of them are going to put up a two. Alzali might. Alzali might. Cody Hoyer might, but you're right. Like the rest of them are kind of like, ah, eh, like pick your poison, like little column A, little column B. It's going to be an adventure. It's a choose your own adventure out in the Cubs bullpen. My friends game three all against the red still also a loss eight to five, but this time it was drew smiley in the saloon with the candlestick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Smiley. That was probably his worst outing of the year, right? It definitely was. <laughs> yeah. Actually, his no. first outing was pretty bad, and then he was lights out, and then his last outing. I don't know, man. The Reds just kind of had the Cubs number, and I can't tell. That's right. If, it's so weird. Like, I can't tell if this team just gets up and understands how to play better when they're playing against better competition, and they don't prepare as well for bad competition. But it is bonkers that they're like, Dodgers win the series. Braves win the series. Nationals, man, we might get swept. <laughs> Yeah, well, you got these young guys out there playing for it, and we don't really. Uh, we've got, like, middling contracts and uh, possibly expiring contracts on the bubble, and you've got some – you got a few young guys trying to stick here, um, but it's it's a real just uh, – you know, no identity. You know, where's the Reds? You know, you saw them come in, and they're starting to put themselves a little team together. In fact – they're in third place. So, like, give credit where credit is due. It is June 1st. They're in third place. This is uh, where where the hell else are you going to go, Reds? This is the Reds team that totally rock-bottomed last year. They went, like, 2-30 and 30 to start the year. Like, some insane, like, historic, horrible. They hit rock-bottom. And now you see them putting, together, putting it together with some of these young guys. I don't know what direction the Cubs are heading. Like... I just, and if, and God, like getting back to Justin Steele, like how devastating would that be if this was a more serious injury? Um, you know, cause I don't know who replaces him. Now you're slotted all back. You're, you know. I agree. No, it's, I mean, it's probably Assad. It's maybe Wisniewski. It, God, maybe Jamison Tyon could actually be good. Like, the Cubs he's gonna, thought he would be, he's going to have to step it up because he cannot keep throwing two innings, giving up like eight runs and just like hunting every fifth game. Let's yeah. talk about some good news. Yeah. The Rays series. The Rays come in as the 
best team in baseball and it is not close. And Marcus Stroman is just like, no. As you mentioned, complete game shutout. I think he only threw 105 pitches or 108 pitches. So honestly, he was pretty close to a Maddox. Not quite, but almost. I thought he was going to throw a no-hitter at parts of this game. He was just so good. I had a weird thought. What if Marcus Stroman was on a team with other guys who had a good personality? (laughs) Like, you know... It's just like Marcus Stroman is like out there on Shoving. his own. Yeah. Shoving. But he, but and like cheering and he's on his own though. Nobody else plays like that. Yeah. Everybody else looks like dead fish compared to him. And I'm just saying, like, there's nobody giving that fire and that passion out there. It's like he's like he's he's on a completely different planet. No, no. There are two other guys giving that fire. Edward Azalai and Christopher Morrell are also like totally fired up and ready to go. And it is like Adbert, Marcus, and Simo out here, the heart and soul and fire of this team. I love all of them. And then crickets, man. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and the travel ball boys in the back of the bus. <laughs> Tucker Barnhart holding it down. Talking about fishing. <laughs> My God. I can't even imagine what these plane rides are like. Uh, Marcus Stroman was great. It was electric. It was fun. It was incredible. Game two of the Rays series. Okay, so keep in mind that going into this series against the Rays, the Cubs were 2-10 and 10 in one-run games. Marcus Stroman won a one-run game by virtue of just not letting anyone else pitch. He was like, nope, I'll just do it myself. I'm going to throw all the pitches in this game and get it done. But the next day, the Cubs win another one-run game because Adbert Alzali is nails, and he was absolutely dealing for a two-inning save at the end of the game. Got through the eighth on nine pitches, and I was sitting in my seat absolutely screaming that he better come out for the ninth because if they had tried to go to anyone else when he had only thrown nine pitches with the way he looked, I was going to lose my mind. Ross did not. Alzali sealed the deal. That dude was fired up. Adbert's, Adbert's a dude. Maybe not a closer, but definitely a dude. He abs- Well, he looked like a closer in this game. Um, it was, I had pretty good seats. I was in Corey Friedman's seats from CHGO. I was sitting with Cody Del Mendo, who's on that show. And we had a really good view of everything that was going on. And we were talking about exactly this of just, because we love, both of us are like, eyeball test guys like we like looking up stats but we're just watching him and being like look he's doing it he's got the confidence he's there in a tight game and we said the same thing you did you better bring his ass out I don't want to see that I don't want to see anybody else out there except for Adbert Alzali in the ninth and four strikeouts I mean just in in this Rays lineup I mean we did got to remind the people as far as OPS goes number one in the majors coming in here you know, they had the more more home runs than anybody in the major leagues. Just the number one offense um, by, by far. It wasn't even close. Like 50 points higher OPS. And we shut them down. So, um, and for Adbert to do that to that lineup too. Just, that's great experience for him. Build on it. Love it. Faced a couple of lefties. Made them yeah. squirm. It was great. I loved everything about it. I wrote about it. It's actually one of my favorite pieces that I've written in a long time because it's been a hot minute since I've gotten to write a piece about the Chicago Cubs, about a player that I loved succeeding and being embraced by the fans. Like, I feel like it's been 
a while since I've done anything other than just bemoan the fact that they don't appreciate my favorite guys as much as I do. And so it was really fun to write a piece about how electric that two inning save from Adbert was. I know that he got a little bit uh, touched up in game three, but frankly, I was stunned. David Ross went to him at all after he'd thrown 20 pitches the day before. I was like, what are we doing? He ran, Ross ran the whole thing back. And that was his mistake. And this, like, he forgot yesterday happened. It's like, <laughs> dude, you just did this. This is the best offense in the majors. You've got to figure out a different way to do it. Now, I know that they don't have the best arms back there, but you do have some arms. I mean, didn't you still have Assad to throw at this? I think he did. Yeah, I think Assad was available. You know, so like, I, I mean, I could just think of a million other ways that this could have gone. I'm totally armchair managering this, but I'm not the only one. All I saw on Cubs Twitter is, and people responding to me on Twitter being like, I cannot stand what's going on. None of it makes any sense. Please make it make sense because you know, and absolutely, is it the right move to go to lighter there? Absolutely. You got the lefty coming up. It, the play, the, play the numbers. That's what you do, right? No, not always. Because you had Wisniewski doing great. Four strikeouts in 3.2 innings at that point. The only hit he gave up, in my opinion, should be an error. But they're like these participation trophy kids. Like, you know, they, you know, it was a Swanson dropped the ball. He would have had the out. And it was a tough play in the hole, but they're like, oh, it's a hit. But I'm sorry. Like, you get to the ball, you can get him. You know, it's my opinion. So anyway, it wasn't a hit. In my opinion, it was, an, it was an error. He's nails. So what Ross should be looking at is my dude's out there dealing, leave him in to deal. No reason. There's two outs in the inning. You need one more out. All you did was give up a walk. And a, the umpire's terrible. Like, just keep it going. Just let him let him go. This dude's going to be part of your future. He needs to be part of these conversations, and he needs to be put in this these situations just to finish the freaking inning. That's it. That's all he had to do. Now you're through seven at this point. Now, if you want to start with Leiter Jr. or Alzali and run that back out there, or Mer Merriweather like they ended up doing, or Fulmer like they brought out for one strikeout at the end of it all, because you could have gotten out of there. You need two more innings to pitch. So instead of being able to do it with two guys coming in in clean innings, you screw it all up. You, you, you dial it all back. You poop your pants. You go to the bullpen because you don't think your guy can handle it. Even though he had struck out the same hitter, by the way, earlier in the game, like you just don't trust that that could happen, ever happen again or get some weak contact, even though that's what's happening. So no, you Anyway, you start the whole thing back. Now you've used four pitchers instead of two pitchers just trying to get through it all because it's all out of whack and out of sync, and you didn't play the game right. You're not playing the freaking game. You're playing stratomatic baseball with, you know, go, go play math. Go sit on the floor and play math if you think it's so much fun because it's not entertaining to watch, I'll tell you that much. And it was dumb. It was a dumb move, even though it made technical, quote-unquote, sense based upon small sample size numbers. In defense of sabermetricians and those of us who play fantasy baseball, although I've never played stratomatic baseball, I will just say I think the fantasy community would have managed that game better than <laughs> David Ross. And I am not one of these people out here that's like, it's all David Ross's fault. Fire the manager. I truly believe that like 90% of this rests on Jed Hoyer and Carter Hawkins shoulders for not building a good bullpen this year. And I think that part of that was stuff they missed. And part of that was stuff nobody could 
anticipate. I think the pitch clock has been a real wild card for some of these guys who have been in the league for a long time and they've all dealt with it really differently, right? Like some of them are like, I don't care. Marcus Stroman seems unaffected by anything with the pitch clock. He's just like out there doing his thing. It does not bother him in the slightest. And then you've got guys like Max Scherzer and Alec Manoa having struggles that they've never had before. And Scherzer's got an article out today in The Athletic where he's just ripping on the pitch clock and the way it's being used and how umpires are uh, are, are making decisions about it and how he's not getting his full warm-up, even though he's supposed to get eight pitches and he's only getting seven and like all of this stuff. So I just truly believe that there is an element here that nobody could have anticipated. It's not in anybody's data. It's not in anybody's numbers, like how a dude who's been pitching in the major leagues for 10 plus years is going to respond to all of a sudden having a clock counting down on his pitches is very hard to evaluate. And also I think anyone who has ever taken a standardized test knows that clocks mess with you in ways that you don't even anticipate things you could have done yesterday without a clock. You're all of a sudden like, I don't know, I'm going to make a mistake. And you just like, fill in the C. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause you're pan- you, you panic and you make bad decisions when you panic. That's absolutely true. And you know, and the, the other thing that happened in this game and, and I know there's a lot of displacement, like you're talking about with the clock and maybe guys are like, I don't know, having to pitch backwards or, you know, things out of sync. I, I think that that's the job of the manager too, to kind of help that along and to keep the rhythms of the game, going in the ways that the rhythms rhythms of the game should go. Like when you want to keep your momentum going, you keep your momentum going. When you want to ice the, ice the guy, ice the guy. When you want to – because I don't know like what happened with the Rays yesterday, but they – were they having a problem with Pitchcom? They were, yeah, on well, a couple I of different occasions, I think. I don't believe them. I don't. I think they were icing us. I I think that they are screwing around, being like, "Oh, I can't hear." Hold on. Like, I think it's fake. That's the one thing you can do. You can ice that on. You need you see your guy needs a little more time. They used all their mound visits. They had all these weird kind of to the mound things. I was yelling from the stands, "Pace of play, pace of play," because you know. So people are doing that kind of stuff. But yesterday, the biggest problem you have to point your finger at is that the players screwed up like they had plenty of opportunities to score that run even after uh even after the poor performance by lighter jr they had runners on second and third and they with less than two outs and they could not get them home um miles mastroboni who i don't really care what the peripherals say about this guy like uh, you know, I, I've heard some things about how he's like one of those dudes that has a low batting average, but technically it's all going to work out because the BABIP is going to be there and the, the hit skills and the tools and whatever are there for him. It ain't working. I'd, I'd rather see Nick Madrigal. I mean, he's supposed to be the lefty Nick Madrigal. Now, meanwhile, you got Nick Madrigal hitting home runs down in the minor <laughs> leagues. I don't know if you heard that. I so, missed that. That's amazing. Yeah. So if if you want to know just <laughs> a demonstrable way that triple A pitching and maybe the, the ball different, I don't know. Like they're always screwing with stuff. If you ever want to know how different triple A is than the majors, Nick Madrigal hit a home run. I totally missed that. Speaking of dudes who are in triple A, uh, Michael Rucker is in triple A was sent back triple A, right? Like he got option, not DFA'd, I believe. Um, oh God. 
yeah, we're just gonna say he's we're gonna say he's an Iowa and that the Cubs didn't lose him. I honestly, Danny, if you want to look that up, you can. Uh Kyle Hendricks seems like he might be back. Like he actually looked really good against this Rays offense, which who knew Kyle Hendricks still had that in him? I I had no idea. It was amazing. And welcome back, Kyle. I would love to spell your name with a C instead of a K for the rest of the season in my old Kyle Hendricks Cy Young type of punny way. Uh Hayden Wazneski looked great in the back end of the game where he filled in after Justin Steele had to come out early. And is it possible Mike Talkman doesn't suck? The pride of Palatine. <laughs> you know, my mom lived in Palatine. So that's awesome. That's yeah. Great. So little little local connection. I'm happy for the guy. I mean, me too. You're a classic 4A player. As soon as Belly's back, he's gone. You know, we all know that. Well, but... not at this rate. He's like the second best hitter on the team. Yeah, right. Well, you play for as long as you can, but you know, there's there's a reason Mike Talkman's never caught on. Um He's been with a lot of different teams and it's, it's, he's just your classic, like for a guy, but you know, he showed a lot of promise. I mean, I mean, I, I they're not going to stick with Mike Talkman if Bellinger comes. I mean, that's just how it's going to be. He's just going back, you know? So I don't know, man, don't stranger, stranger things have happened. I try not to predict what Jed Hoyer and Carter Hawkins are going to do on a daily basis because frankly, it's always a little bit weird. Uh, we need to take a quick break for our sponsors. On the flip side, the Cubs are headed to the West Coast and will start a four-game series against the San Diego Padres Friday night. But first, a quick break. All right. So here we go. Headed to San Diego. West trip. I, you know, I don't even know what to do anymore. Like, the West Coast road trip was always supposed to mix this team up, like the time zone change and the nights and the da-da-da. And then the last time they went out there, they absolutely shoved. So maybe this team just really likes California and they'll be better in California than I expect them to be. Four games against the Padres. Uh, Jamison Tyone versus Michael Waka should be a fun one to watch. That's Friday night. Drew Smiley versus our old friend, Yu Darvish, who, I don't know, still doing Yu Darvish things. Uh, Marcus Stroman versus Ryan Weathers. And then Kyle Hendricks versus Blake Snell. What do you see in these pitching matchups, Danny? Uh, well, we beat the uh, Padres two of three already at Wrigley field. So it, this could be an example and the Padres, man, they got all these names, you know, but it's not adding up. They uh, I'm looking at their, their schedule splits here, 15 and 12 in April. So that's better than we did, but 10 and 16 in May and Oh, and two March. Um, they're three under at home two under on the road. Like, you know, they're, for whatever reason, they've not been able to put it together still two months in the season. Let's hope that June isn't like the time that they decide that they're going to start, you know, going for the pole position or whatever. But, um, yeah, they've got a great team, you know, like I expect they all do. these it's games so to be weird. losses. Yeah, I've, I've, I expect, I mean, there's no, all their starting pitchers are better than all our starting pitchers in every single game. And most of their Would hitters are better than most of the Cubs hitters. Absolutely. Position by position, there's no reason they shouldn't win all, all four of these games. And it's so weird. Like, how does there a Monday – how does this series end on a Monday? Danny, That's nobody so – the, the MLB schedule is so strange. Did you see uh, – this is a total tangent, but did you see that the Royals and Cardinals had two back-to-back -back off days last week? They had like Wednesday and Thursday off. So they played a two game series on Monday and Tuesday. They had both Wednesday and Thursday off. And then they started a series on Friday. And apparently the reasoning for this is the Cardinals wanted the Memorial Day gate 
And so they didn't want to have Memorial Day off like some of the other teams. So they petitioned, they asked the Royals if it was okay if they played on Memorial Day and had the two off days and then played on Friday. And the Royals were like, cool. And MLB, and that's all you have to do. You can just like go ask your opponent if they'll agree to change the schedule. And then MLB will like be like, okay, cool. Two off days, Danny. <laughs> wow. In yeah, a row. I, 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 yeah, no, and we're going to get that coming up too when we go to London at the end of the month. Yeah, but so usually you have to have international travel for that. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> no, no, that's why. But yeah, it's it's weird. I, I don't understand like why they wouldn't have you know, played today, for example, <laughs> except for that, the Padres did play today. They beat, they beat the Marlins 10 to one. Uh, they beat yeah, the, the Marlins. Marlins. I remember the Marlins. Didn't that team sweep the Cubs and then the Cubs swept the Marlins or something. It's very, no, weird we didn't sweep them. We should have, but yeah, but no, they, they didn't even play. Well, they beat the crap out of the Marlins. They outscored them. Let's see. 20 to seven. And then, uh, but they just lost two or three to the Yankees. They're coming home after a pretty, um, I guess, even Steven road trip, like 500 road trip. Dude, so. speaking of that Yankees series, I am. And and look, I don't think, for, I, I don't think Fernando Tatis, like hip checked Anthony Rizzo on purpose. And also I never want to see Rizzo stumble like that and fall to the ground again. I was not cool with it. I was not happy with it. The man is having a really great season. He's had back issues in the past. Like I really just hope he comes back strong. Yeah, that was uh yeah. It didn't look too on purpose. I know he's got like a bit of a reputation of being somebody that might do something like that, but. Well, Padres fans were all, I mean, and don't get me wrong. I have some friends who are Padres fans and I like them very much. And quite a few of them were out there like, oh, Rizzo deserves it because of that slide against like Hedges years ago or whatever. And I was like, oh, my God, get over the 2017 slide, please. Yeah, it was a dirty slide. <laughs> it was. I mean, even as a Cub fan, I was like Anthony Rrr. Rizzo for life, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, me too. I wish he was still a Cub. In fact, that would, that would have solved a lot of our problems. Indeed. Yeah. If the Cubs had Anthony Rizzo hitting 30 home runs a year, like clockwork at first base, platinum glove defense, that would indeed have solved a lot of problems. They don't have that though. They, they're trying to figure out first base with Trey Mancini and Matt Mervis, who I don't know, Matt Mervis, his approach seems to be a little bit better lately. Um, speaking of some bats, let's talk about Cubs hot and cold bats as a reminder to qualify for this list. You have to have a WRC plus over 110 for the last two weeks. And Danny, the guy leading this list is Seiya Suzuki. And I, I have a the very brief first snippet of a Seiya Suzuki song for you. May I share it with you? Yeah, what is it? <clears throat> Seiya, Seiya, why are umpires still calling ball strikes? Oh, get mad. He's really getting hosed. He's the new he's the new Kyle Schwarber. Say uh, say uh. who sings that? Jefferson Airplane? Jefferson Starship or Airplane. Oh, Star or, I think weren't they both? It's Starship by then, yeah. That yes, is the Sarah. song that Bleacher Jeff usually greets me with when I head down to the Bleacher the left field well. And I had it in my head and I was like, Saya, Sarah, Saya. Saya, I like it. It's catchy, right? Yeah. Next time, Saya does something that's uh, he's been quietly good and just uh, it, I know he was a little slow starter, 
to start the year, but he had the uh, oblique injury and then he came back from that and had his own little like in-season spring training. And now he's freaking delivering and it's nice to see he's mashing the ball, hitting for power, um, driving, driving the ball may and, and seemingly more comfortable in right field too. Made I agree. A couple nice catches. Yeah. I agree with all of that. Say has looked great. He's been the best hitter on the Cubs over the last two weeks uh, and change. He has a WRC plus of 150 and has absolutely been killing it. Uh, next up, Mike Taupman. You know things are going well when Mike Taupman is your second hottest hitter. No, in all seriousness, uh, Mike Taupman is the reason the Cubs are winning these one-run games because he's the only dude that was driving in runs in those one-run games. So, like, big, big props, Mike. Good job. Uh, his WRC plus is 149 over that last period. And then Dansby Swanson is heating up again. He had been off this list for a while. He's at 118 now. And Christopher Morrell... Uh, is at 113, but honestly, like that's such a collapse from where he was that I, I considered not including him on the hot hitters list because this is really like Christopher Morrell cooling off. Yeah, it, that's pretty front loaded 113 WRC plus, I'd say, from his you know monstrous week that he had. Um, yeah, it's over, he pretty much has disappeared now, and um, hopefully, I mean, then they stopped kind of playing him. You know, and I'm like, well, that's not the answer. You got to keep them out there. Like, you know what? Th- that's the directionlessness of this team. It's like, are you playing the kids? Or are you not playing the kids? Are you, you know, are you giving them the at bats? Are you sending them on the bench? If they're not going to get the at bats and send them down to AAA to prove that they belong in the major leagues again, where they'll then fail yet once again, don't just leave them out there. Merv is the same thing. I you know, got Mancini over there first base. And I'm like, what's the point of it? You know, just leave them out there. Like, are you, are you trying to win? Cause I don't believe you are. I don't believe nobody picked you. They all said 77 wins. You raised the floor, like whatever, but play the kids be like the reds. Let them figure right. it out. The reds Let are out there them- playing the kids and beating the Cubs. And the Cubs are like, well, I don't know, man, Mike Tuckman and Trey man. Trey really needed Thede, bats. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's God, ridiculous. It is- it is so true. It is so frustrating to watch as a Cubs fan. It is it is our lot in life as Cubs fans. Uh, dudes who are struggling at the not, moment. Can I just oh, say no, you, I don't you remember? You go first. Keep going. <laughs> even even in in years when like the team was bad, there were there was like a likability or a direction to the team that you somewhat understood. And like this team, I just don't know what they're trying to be. You know, I, it's just the most confusing thing. And that's what makes them frustrating because I, the players must feel that. And then they're out there trying. Yeah. I mean, you know, just like, there's just no vibe. I mean, there's, I don't know. I, I, I was going to go somewhere with this, but I won't. No, go there, Danny. It's a podcast. No, no, it's, no, it's, I, I feel like ultimately that they're just trying to fool us. Like they really are not being very serious and that there's going to be enough Cub fans out there that will look at a team like this and be optimistic enough to think that you could get the 85 wins out of it. That would be enough for the division. And then you play the lottery ticket and get it that they just don't really care. Like they either that or they're really bad at it. It's like, there's two ways to look at it right now. Either the pitch lab doesn't work and your hit lab doesn't work and your coaching is bad or your managing's bad and you're just bad at your job. They're all bad or the players are failing and all that's going on. Or it just wasn't 
it just wasn't enough talent to begin with. Like you never spent enough. Like you never got the players to even have a chance. Uh, either that, or you got the players like the Padres did. Like, is it is it more frustrating to be a Padres fan? Probably. Oh, when you're, I mean, when you got the players and you got the money and you still are failing. Yeah. Would you? That's a great question. You should put that on Twitter and see what Cubs fans say. Would you rather be a Cubs fan right now? I mean, how different are their records even? Cubs are I in mean, fourth place. We're seven under. I mean, it's they're two under. We're seven under. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I I think I'd rather be a Padres fan because at least then I would get to watch Juan Soto play all the time, and I would know my front office cared and was trying. But that's a tough. That's a tough question. Well, and it and I don't really think the Padres are going to end up where they're they are right now. You know, I mean, they right now they're in fourth place. Actually, they're four under. I'm sorry, they're four under. They're behind the 500 Giants. So, yeah, I mean, there really isn't that much. They got two more wins than the Cubs. <laughs> so, and only, and the Cubs only have one more loss. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, it is a, there's a lot of parody in the National League. I'll say that much. Like, I mean, Washington, D.C. is right there. You know, there's a lot of parody in the NL Central. If the Nationals played in the NL Central, they'd have a shot at the playoffs. But because they play in the NL East, it's like, <laughs> oh, sorry. Trade at the trade deadline. Uh, see you next year. Uh, here are some Cubs who, if they heat up a little bit, maybe the Cubs could win some of these games against the Padres. We'll see. Uh, Trey Mancini has a WRC plus of 73 in the last two weeks. Matt Mervis is at 60. That is an improvement, by the way. Mervis has been heating up a little bit and making some good contact. I'm My fingers are crossed that maybe he'll continue to do that. Ian Happ struggling a bit at 51. Jan Gomes at 30. And then Miles Mastroboni and Patrick Wisdom with a WRC plus in the last two weeks of eight, which basically means they are 92% worse at driving in runs than the league average hitter. And I would just like to point out, yes, that includes Patrick Wisdom's two home run game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, they didn't score runs in the wins. So it's just they really it's been frustrating. And yesterday's game was the most frustrating of the uh of the offensive shows because they were the rays were trying to give it up they were playing shoddy defense and you know the cubs were hitting the ball but you know then when they get runners on but then you know when you've got that many names that you just read off that are you know crap in the bed you know, you can get them on all you want, and then you just get your hits in all the wrong order. <laughs> it's just kind of exactly. what it and there's and nobody's coming up with the big bomb, you know. That's like we don't really have Patrick Wisdom super streaky with that stuff. Morel was super streaky, but everybody else, like I looked up the other day, Hap only has four dongs on the season. Like you're looking for him. He disappeared. He's going through his streaky crap that he does, like when he's good in April, bad in May, good in June, bad in you know. God, I just hate he disappears, just disappears off the face of the earth for months at a time. Well, and he starts pressing and then he starts reaching for balls and then he hits everything into the ground. And then it's just like a cycle with Ian Happ. It's one of those things that has been very frustrating since he came up. Um, for the Padres, they're hot and cold bats. Juan Soto heating up finally. He's been struggling a little bit. He has a WRC plus. In the last two weeks of 210, 110% better than the league average hitter. So don't pitch to him. Rugnet Odor is on this team. And frankly, I missed that. I was like, Rugnet Odor is on this team? Did you know Rugnet Odor is 29? It feels like he has been in MLB my whole life. 
Yeah, he must have come up real young. Like ridiculously young. His WRC plus in the last two weeks is 160. Uh, somebody whose last name is Dixon. I think it's Brandon Dixon. I had to look up this guy. I didn't know he existed. Uh, his WRC plus is 126 in the last two weeks. And Hassan Kim is at 129. Uh struggling hit well let's talk about their hot hitters before we talk about their struggling hitters anything interesting here had you heard of this dixon character uh no i mean he's their first baseman i'm looking at it right now is it um, brandon or brendan did i get the brandon, name right? brandon okay. brandon dixon yeah um yeah 31 year old brandon dixon so this older guy, than rugnet odor yeah so this guy it looks like he had a cup of coffee with cincinnati Played mostly with Detroit in 19 and 20, disappeared in 21, and then he came back. He's been with San Diego, cup of coffee. So this guy, I don't think he's a real part of their plans. <laughs> you know, um, he's just, I guess he's in just in there for injuries right now. I'm trying to think who's supposed to play first base for the Padres. Um, what is that like the yeah, one place yeah, where they don't have a very <laughs> obvious starter? <laughs> Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Hold on. Well, because I know Manny Machado was hurt, which probably moved somebody to third base, but you wouldn't usually move your first baseman to third base. Jake Cronenworth, I guess. Oh, yeah. Jake Cronenworth would be the dude. He must be platooning, maybe. I don't know. Cronenworth is on my list of cold hitters. Yeah, he's yeah. Cronenworth's a lefty, so maybe they are platooning those guys. Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, Speaking of other guys who are cold, Cronenworth has WRC plus of 78. Uh, over the last two weeks, Fernando Tatis Jr. has a WRC plus of 80. I think that is that is payback for what he did to Rizzo. No, just kidding. It, it's not. Um, Xander Bogarts, who, okay, when Xander Bogart signed in San Diego, they made these incredible San Diego shirts. And honestly, when I was in San Diego recently, I went to see if I could find one because it's just like the Padres brown shirt with the old school 80s logo. And it says Zan instead of San. It says San Diego. And I really wanted that shirt and I couldn't find one. So if anybody knows where I can find a San Diego shirt, hit me up because I'm in the market. I love Xander Bogarts. He threw me a baseball once. Uh, and then uh, he has a WRC plus of 36 right now, though. So that's not very good. And then Matt Carpenter, our old friend, Matt Carpenter, still kicking in MLB, has a WRC plus of 33. <laughs> yeah, he stinks. Um, yeah, maybe it's his fault that the Padres are not are underperforming. No, they've got a lot of stars on the team and I don't I, you know, it's just not coming together for him for whatever reason. I mean, I'm looking a lot of, at these OPSs and besides Juan Soto, this is overall for the year and he started real slow. I mean, Soto's got that. He's the only one in du- double digits and he's the only one uh, of the qualified players that have an OPS even over 800 at 913. So Tatis, Bogarts, him they're all in the sevens and that's just not if you're not scoring runs like well so one of two things will be true either the cubs are gonna head to san diego and fix the padres like they did with the cardinals (laughs) they did with the the marlins like they did with all the other teams that were struggling when the cubs started to play them or uh the cubs are gonna go in and rate danny which do you think it's gonna be i mean if you split the series that's a success (laughs) <laughs> isn't it i mean you're in california you split on the road then you i mean it's it's kind of a tough road trip you know you got the angels in san francisco after that you're gonna be out there a while so you want to start with some wins like you want to get on a good trajectory 
if this first series goes bad in San Diego, I mean, it, it just could just be a real slog out there. I mean, if this first series goes bad, it could honestly be the beginning of the end and the Cubs just sell at the deadline. And then we will get to watch the kids play because only the kids will be left at whichever way it goes. You know that Danny and I will be here to tell you all about it on the next episode of Cup of Cubby Blue, which will drop next Monday after this series ends. Uh, actually, probably next Tuesday since it'll end pretty late on Monday. I don't know if it's getaway day or not. Anyway, sometime Monday, Tuesday-ish. Danny, in the meantime, where can people find you? Where can they find your work and what are you working on? Well, uh, I'm working on the Bleacher Bum Band album, which is actually going to be coming out, uh, well, first on June 9th, 6-9, uh, and that is a pre-release before our CD release, which is actually June 17th at Output Wrigleyville. That's going to be a live concert of the show. So I'll, I'll talk about the 6-9 thing first. You can buy the album and it comes with the T-shirt. I'm calling it the Shalbum. It's a shirt and album that you can buy. You go to sunranto.com slash Bleacher Bum Band, and there you can buy the Shalbum, and you could be the first to hear the Bleacher Bum Band album and get a, a Bleacher Bum Band limited edition special Bleacher Bum Band shirt. And uh, it's the only way to get it is to buy the Shalbum, and uh, that's where you buy it, um, over there at sunranto.com slash Bleacher Bum Band. And um, also, I'm uh, also going to be interviewing Steve Trout, the 80s Cubs pitcher, Steve Trout, from my first baseball heartbreak. Sunday night, this Sunday night, on the Sun Ranto Show, 8 p.m., having Steve Trout on. He's got a new product that he invented. It is called the Pillow Mitt. He's stealing a little of that Mike Lindell, my pillow thunder. And he invented himself at Pillow Mitt. He's going to come on the show, tell us all about it. We're going to talk about the 80s Cubs. Pillow Mitt, you say. I I am intrigued. I, I might have to might have to watch this episode of the Sun Ranto Show. It's always a great time at the Sun Ranto Show. Mark your calendars on Sunday so you don't miss Danny and Steve Trout. I'm working on a piece about Seiya Suzuki and how he kind of turned his season around after the slow start, after the oblique injury, you can find my writing at, at, at bleedcubbyblue.com. You can find me at, at BCB underscore Sarah. You can find both Danny and I, the show and the Bleacher Bunch Network at, at Cup of Cubby Blue. Until next time, go Cubs go. And please, for the love of God, don't get swept out of San Diego. <laughs>